Welcome back to another episode of These Are the Voyages. I'm the captain, Captain Chase McKinney, and joining me once again for the crossroads of some great trek, my dear friends, Commander Eric, and of course, Lieutenant Commander David is back again. Welcome back. Thank you. Glad, yeah. glad to be here. That's that's questionable. <laughs> I'm I'm glad to have him back. I, I am too. I am too. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. Like the, uh, I've been having to like like pretend I know things, you know, with your absence, my dude. So, oh yeah, that's right. I add so much color to this podcast; it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sell yourself short. You've got some pearls. Mm. Every now and again. <laughs> Every now and again. I was I was pretty persnickety last time. Like, oh my gosh. I I mean I was like getting a little nitpickety, like with timelines and like dialogue and anyway that's oh my oh yeah little musical cues yeah man i mean i gotta i gotta do that i mean that's that's in my contract (laughs) it's fine it's fine oh anyway well what's been what's been going on in y'all's world uh since we were all together you know it's, it's nice having everything everyone back back at home again so to speak back back again back ba- back at home in three different locations <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> um uh yeah what did we do let's see okay i have a question for you uh oh when is the appropriate time to put up a christmas tree day after oh. thanksgiving <laughs> you know i'm with i'm with the uh, with commander david on this one yeah. Uh huh. Well, I apparently now live with a premature Christmas decorator. Oh, no. <laughs> we have our we put our Christmas tree up on Friday, last no. Friday, like mm. November whatever Friday was. <laughs> Eric, 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 just just leave now while you can, okay? Just 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 walk away, walk away. <laughs> Apparently, I said that really loud because I just got a text. Uh, uh, <laughs> it was, I am not a premature Christmas decorator. Boy. <laughs> Need some better soundproofing in that room, huh? <laughs> oh, is there more? I think there's more texting that's happening. Okay, this just in breaking news, everyone. The, the appropriate time is always November 1st, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Oh, my point. gosh, really? It was always a tradition in our household to, to do it the day after, and, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I I know people that do it at all all times. I mean, there was, there was one year, this was nuts. Back in my hometown, there was a small radio station, and that radio station started playing all Christmas music all the time. 24 7 they started in like september one year and they oh didn't stop God. until like the end of february just what is this i don't know they just like maybe they lost all their licensing for like music that year but oh. <laughs> it's like well let's play jingle bell rock again here on 93.7 you know oh. just <laughs> And so, so what's that? Speaking of me, what's that game? It's called like Whamageddon or whatever. Whamageddon, yes. Whamageddon, right? You try not to hear 
Last um, Christmas by Last Wham. Last Christmas by Wham. But there's right. also like the Mariah Carey Geddon version of it, right? The Mariah Apocalypse, yes. The Mariah Apocalypse, right? All I want for Christmas is you, right? Yeah. Well, that's her ringtone. Changed. <laughs> so I'm, I've lost that already. Bro, bro. Okay, so Whamageddon and the Mariah Apocalypse, okay? Let me let me just say this right now, okay? I'm, I'm looking at you, dear listener, okay? The Mariah Apocalypse and Whamageddon does not start until December 1st, and it goes until oh. December 24th, okay? okay? So oh, by the time... You know, the evening, you know, midnight, whatever of December 24th. If you have not heard it and you have not traveled to Whamhalla, you are good. You get your bragging rights. <laughs> I'm not going to oh make God. it. Yeah, make sure the phone's on silent. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, talking about premature Christmas stuff. So. <laughs> my, my girlfriend found this. It, it, it's it's excellent. Uh, it just arrived way too early. It literally came like just before we were getting ready to take off for, for our kind of mini trip. Um, there's a, a brewery in Columbus and it's, it's elsewhere as well called uh, brew dog and they do an advent calendar. So, you know, each day you get a new beer and they're all different. And it was, it was a really great idea, but it came last week. It's like, what am I supposed to do? Just like stare at this this thing for for a month before I can taste its sweet juices? That's it's, it's, it's not right. It's not right. Oh man! So uh, it was I think just a few days ago. Um, I don't remember how it happened, but a few days ago we were um, just hanging out as a family, and like. I think part of it is because like my wife and I were getting ready for um, like a Christmas concert that we're, we're putting on like with our, our church and everything. Um, and I'm part of like the media team and she's part of the choir. And uh, there's like one song that she, she said and just triggered this thing. And for anyone that listens to Spotify, like sometimes it just like randomly plays like the next song and you're like, what is this? Guys, turns out Backstreet Boys just recently released a holiday album. And I gotta say, it's actually pretty good. And I think one of my favorite ones, and, and Eric, this is your loophole. This is how you get out of being able to enjoy the song without going to Wham Holla. And it's this right here. Hold on. It's the Backstreet Boys version of Last Christmas. It's for all the listeners right here. Just get a little sample. So it's kind of got like that wham kind of vibe and sound to it. It kind of does, yeah. Yeah, it does. <clears throat> anyway, but like the the like, it's a really solid Christmas album. So if you like Backstreet Boys, like I know you two guys do, this is something to maybe add to the rotation this year. Just just saying, just saying, gang. We grew up with two Christmas albums, Chase. 
actually have one on a record but the Oak Ridge Boys Christmas album oh. and the Air Supply Christmas album and then oh, we man. threw in some Elvis and then there was one like classics uh, you didn't have like the Rudolph and Frosty cassette tape that everyone had no n- no no <laughs> no no we, we really didn't it's like I just flipped on those and then the you know the the, the classics you know like mm-hmm. the, the Nat King Cole and all that kind of stuff and Gene Autry and yeah man that was Christmas Man, man, oh man. Well, I mean, when everyone's going to be listening to this this episode, it's it's the week of of Thanksgiving. So, um, let me ask you all this: like, like, what is like your absolute like must have like dish at your like family's uh, like Thanksgiving, like that you need to have? I guess at like your your family's Thanksgiving meal. Green bean casserole. Green bean casserole for Eric. Okay. Not you even, know, not even close. Yeah, you know what? I I, I do know. <laughs> unfortunately, well, not unfortunately. Sometimes, unfortunately, I have to go to like three separate holidays for every holiday. Yeah. Um, and it used to be more than that. Anyway, uh, green bean casserole I think has gone out of favor in some households, but I do really enjoy it, so I'll make it. Uh, although this year we're doing um, uh, one traditional Thanksgiving, one non-traditional Thanksgiving, and then one that's probably just going to mainly be dessert. For non-traditional, I'm making tamales. Tamales. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm doing that, and then I have this corn <sighs> side dish I do, or saute up peppers and onions, and you, you throw your you know corn off of the cob, not from a can, but boil it off the uh, off the cob and then uh, throw a little bit of that uh, tahini the uh the mexican spice lim- mm-hmm. limey spice and everything so we'll probably do some of that uh, among obviously other things we'll see what my brother comes up with uh but yeah green bean casserole is is pretty top tier uh another one though scalloped potatoes i love scalloped potatoes don't make them very often, but on the holidays, I will make a big pan of scalloped potatoes. Too. Okay, nice. before before you jump in there, Chase, I just gotta say when you talked about tamales, like I'm marrying into a Mexican family, like a tra- a real Mexican yeah, family, yeah. and she's been hyping up their their Christmas spread, right? Ooh. You know, all the good like pasole and tamales and all of the all of the good all the good stuff. I'm I'm looking forward to that. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Mm. I used to have um, a tamale person and then I moved and it was a very sad day. I still don't have my tamale person. <laughs> Sometimes they're just dry. You, know, you, you, you get you get them every, every now and again. They're just dry. Mm-hmm. Which is sad. Mm-hmm. That's a sad <laughs> tamale. You know, David, I'm just saying if you want to like <clears throat> make some tamales and like, you know, throw them in your suitcase whenever you come down here in January. Because that will travel. Well. Look, Chase, we can probably arrange to make fresh tamales. It's not a it's not a huge process, but so I will tell you my dish here in a second. But like, maybe this is a fun, embarrassing story. I don't know, but um, my mom, like, I loved her lasagna. Like, I just loved it so much. And um, at the time, like, you know, I was in Michigan and she was in Las Vegas, so. I didn't really get to ever have it unless I was like there. So my mom, <laughs> God bless her for this. My mom 
she uh, she made like I think maybe two pans of lasagna, and then she like froze it, like while I was there, and um, like she'd like cut it up in like squares, and she would like triple wrap it like with like aluminum foil and like Ziploc bags and stuff, and she packed it like she it, like she would just pack it in my suitcase, so I could have her lasagna whenever I got home. So. Anyway, that's why I say pack it. Like, just you know, do that. It's fine. It's fine. Um, it's fine. Just, do it, just put it in the in the you know in the tin foil. It's fine. It's fine. It'll keep. It'll keep. Um, so something I think is like pretty popular in the South, and I, I love our family's um, uh, recipe for it. It's a uh, cornbread dressing, mm. and um, like we we have it. Um, for Thanksgiving and for Christmas. Like it's a must for us. And um, when it, like my dad, like he'll make it and then he'll be like, nah, it's not that good. I'm just going to throw it away. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> like I will take it. And like Michelle and I like, we'll, we'll eat on it for like, like almost a week. Like the stuff <laughs> is so good. Like we were like, no, 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 no. We got to make it last. We got to make it last. Well, another another thing that we would do every year, and and this was always my dad's favorite, was we, we would do oyster dressing. Yeah. So take take the oysters, fry them up, you know, pop them in the dressing, you know. So yeah. Hmm. Mm, good good stuff. Good stuff. I do want some tamales now, David. Yeah, okay. David. <laughs> hey man, sometime maybe who knows? It's not like I'm not seeing you like what you know twice in the next six months or whatever so in person that's true that's true that's a true story right there. <laughs> don't worry i'll get the mushrooms and the wine and uh, so there we go. get the other stuff for tamales that you need we'll go to grocery stores you'll get your Ooh, texas grocery store store <laughs> go to el rancho it'll be great there we go all right but yeah anything else anything else well, hey, hey, I, I just went to historical places this yeah, past weekend. Yeah, you did. I did that stuff. Yeah, you did. And you know what? Everyone in listener land, our very own Lieutenant Commander David had his birthday. So happy, happy birthday to you, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, we we uh, went we went to Gettysburg for three, four-ish days. Uh, never been there. It was actually really fun. I, I you know, it, sometimes I... I kind of view things that are potential tourist traps as not being worth it, mm-hmm. but uh, no, it was worth it. Uh, we we got in and you know for drove it was like six hours uh, drive. It wasn't it wasn't that bad of a drive really, um, but we got in kind of late. The fall oh my god we were through the mountain. It was fog and it was slow <laughs> <laughs> until we finally got down out of the mountain. That was that was something. But uh, we hit a we hit a cider house. One of the cider houses we hit uh, got this one. Uh, th- this one deal is called Plenum. It's it's like a cherry, straight yeah. up cherry cider. Just tasted like just liquid cherries. It was amazing. Uh, ate a lot, drank a lot, had a had a real good time. But um, the second day, we we did a tour of the battlefield, and we we effectively rented out a tour guide for like two hours. <laughs> And we just drove around, and, and he he picked uh, a route. Uh, he explained a lot of the battle tactics and stuff they used at the time, which was interesting to me. 
um, showed a lot of the uh, the mo- there's so many monuments just dotted around uh, yes, that piece of countryside and uh, Ohio has three three monuments there there was one uh, uh, I think it was eighth battalion that was uh, right there at uh, Pickett's charge uh, the on the third day and they were they were sort of uh, part of the the turn there and then we had a couple of artillery divisions there so it was it was it was a it was a lot of fun uh you know tramping around and and seeing that i will say though my god looking over it it looks small they were close Mm -hmm. and you're talking about just muskets going and and cannon and all this stuff with case shot and whatever just going off all over the place Uh and it's so close everything was just amazingly close and our tour guide uh who was it there was a general sickle who was a a friend of abraham lincoln's and that's kind of how he got his commission uh sort of but uh he he uh he was defending the wrong hill it was kind of interesting (laughs) learning about their topography but like he was supposed to be on one of the you know one of the actual hills and he just he kind of went up a little bit it's like oh no this is where i'm supposed to be at and it wasn't and he lost like darn near all of his people it was it was it was really interesting to to hear uh so that was it was all it was all well well worth it and i mean they it's just a town i mean they have everything you could think of there food was great uh had some had some great wine had some great cider had uh they, they even had a mead place so we got we got some meat it was uh it was it was really it was really fun um not not as much of a like a buying tourist trap but uh but definitely a lot of cool history there so it was it was uh it was a great great weekend that's very cool man i'm glad you had a good time and we also stayed in a historic house uh girlfriend found um one of the it, they had just turned it into an Airbnb. It's right on their main strip called the the Garlic House. And uh, story with that is there was a I, I can't remember. He had a very ger- long German last name. Um, when the Confederacy took the town, this general he, he had a horse shot out from under him. I, I think, and he hid in a woodshed huh. until kind of the the end and the 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 lady of the house uh, she was able to smuggle him out some food and whatnot but yeah it was it was just you know it was a neat overall experience but my god the floors in that place slanted everything was on a slant (laughs) you're just like (laughs) i don't know (laughs) ice spinning or is the room just on level (laughs) oh man i haven't been to gettysburg in 18, 19 years, something like that. It was fun. Oh, and here, here's here's something because I, I, I know you you've uh, you've been in Harry Potter too. At the house, the the owners of it, we were opening everything, you know, kind of how you do. And under the stairs, they had a little uh, like a little plushie of Dobby, the house elf, and he had a little <laughs> wand. <laughs> so that was kind of fun. That's something. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool man all right well cool 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 i'm I'm glad that you got to um, enjoy yourself and you know get away and and um you know celebrate and and do stuff that you enjoy for your birthday um let's see what happens next year 
because why? Because why not? I mean, it's going to happen again next year. I mean, it will. Yeah. It, it, it has a tendency to do that. It has a tendency. Yeah, to come it around. comes 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 back around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Man, <clears throat> I'm smart. Man, I'm smart. Anything else, gents? No. no. All right, listeners. Here's your here's your mercy right here. We're going to go ahead and we're going to talk Trek. All right, so this is your um, this is your red alert as we uh, go in and we, we go into spoilerific territory and uh, talk about this uh, most recent episode of Star Trek Prodigy from season one, episode fourteen, Crossroads. Ooh, it has a nice sounding name, Crossroads. I thought the name of this episode was Escape from Moss Eisley. <laughs> <laughs> even some of the sound effects with like the ships and everything when you're in the port it was some, like yeah some of the dialogue was like yeah yeah <laughs> wow okay well let's let's just go ahead and get right to the the evaluation shall we well i mean they had some some homage last week as well you know they had a little homage to the other galaxy far far away hmm Okay, so let's let's do this, guys. So we're. It seems like this is becoming like the formula for Prodigy, uh, for this back half, like where we start out like on the Dauntless or with Admiral Janeway, like and the Diviner and the crew, right? And uh, this time, like we're. I mean, we're back there. We're we're hanging out with the Diviner and like more babbling of stuff and. Um, you know, like slowly recovering memories and um, Janeway and Estencia and um, was it Commander Tysis and all them are just like trying to understand like what the devil's going on and just more and more of that, really. Yeah, don't they seem like overly trusting of the Diviner? They do. It's like they just like believe him and like, yeah, of course he's the victim in this and like he's he you know he's he's a victim of whoever stole the protostar and hurt chakotay he's not the bad guy at all like they, it seemed like very trusting of him and just willing to believe him without even trying to confirm and i'm just a little bit like about that mm-hmm. yeah it it does feel a little convenient but i i, I will say um th- there there is a little piece of me that is kind of glad that Star uh, Starfleet's still a little naive, a little little bit of wonder left, in, in a way, because mm-hmm. um, we I mean we've went through some really dark times, man, some real dark times. And it's like if if we have to suspect every person that comes along that maybe is in trouble, because I mean like looking at the Diviner, he's in trouble. You know, he was just in space, <laughs> basically asleep no memory uh so i I can i can kind of give a little bit but i i get what you're saying the only thing i'm finding a little convenient so we're just gonna just we're just he's just gonna get all of his memories back like looking at a medusan just doesn't matter that much to maybe it's just a species perhaps Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean he's got swiss cheese brain 
Too much weed, man. Too much weed. Oh. Oh. What I was, was in that a, liquid, man? I was making a quantum leap reference there. I don't know what you were making a reference I'm to. I'm making a reference to brain scans. Oh. That's what I'm making a reference to. Okay, I was making a quantum leap reference. <laughs> yeah, this so one was thing, cheese brain full so of holes. One thing, um, this isn't directly related to um, this episode, but after um, Eric and I got done with our discussion um, last time, um, you know, my wife and I, we we wat- we were we finally got to watch um, that episode together. Um, last week's episode, I should say, together. And um, one thing that I don't know if you picked either one of you picked up on it in your viewing of um, of the last episode, but um, they they show a picture of Chakotay, right? Like, have you seen this man? And um, whether the dude's lying or not, he makes a statement where he says something to the effect of, "Yes, he was a prisoner." Mm-hmm. So uh, part of me is wondering, like, is Chakotay still on? Tars Lamora in a cell or something. Like everyone else is gone, but he's like literally on an asteroid all by himself. Don't you think when they like knocked out the power at the end, whatever cell he was in might have like opened up? Right. Uh, and, well, and also, would you think the, the the Dauntless crew would have like I don't know scanned for his for life forms specific signature. I love scanning for life forms. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> it was just something that, that crossed my mind. So, huh. I didn't hear that. I'll have to try for it again on a, on a rewatch. There you go. There you go. <laughs> anyway. Janeway, they're like, we picked up. It's okay. We're on. We got. We got. We're hot on the trail. We picked up a, a signal from somebody who was at the relay station that was attacked by these people, and we're going to pick them up, and we'll we'll figure it out. Yep. Yep. All right. Meanwhile, Our good old guy. We were like, no, 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 not gonna see him again. But no, he's he's here. He is. He's back. He's here. Yep. yep. <laughs> Meanwhile. Captain's log, stardate 6130.2.7. Here's the deal. We want to go Starfleet, but our ship has a weapon that will turn them against each other. So the plan is to stash it, keep the weapon safe, and out of harm's way while we hitch a ride to warn Starfleet. Uh, This is actually a really good idea. Like, like, this is a really great idea. I don't know who came, if it was Dal's idea, if they came up with it together. But this, this idea right here earns a leadership delta. like just on that it's it's a great idea i was also kind of wondering like would this weapon affect anything that they potentially leave behind like say they left like a subspace beacon or you know something like that out out there with with, and i i guess maybe they wouldn't have thought of that perhaps but like would that have also affected stuff off well, of the ship. Well, later on in the episode, they say we can't open communications with them because uh, it'll infect it'll infect their ship. I was just thinking about if you drop something with like a mess, like a message in a bottle, mm-hmm. okay. or something like that, would that still have the same effect? So, like, if the Proto Star dropped a dropped a beacon. Yeah, 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 and it, and it had like a message embedded in it or mm-hmm. something like that, and you pick up the beacon. 
because it's not like part of the ship at that point. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I still think it's a good plan, but that was just my first thought when we were entering the episode. I was like, couldn't they have dropped like a beacon with a message in it? Hmm. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe, uh, maybe they. Uh, it, I guess it kind of would have been like, uh, what was the book? What was the book that we had read, Chase? Where, uh, you know, one in a million chance of uh, finding that planet thing. I can't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, let me look at my library of books real quick. Yeah, that might have been a while ago, and it very well might have been a Star Wars book, too. I don't even remember now, but <laughs> it, it would have been like a, a needle in a haystack, though, potentially, I guess. So that was I mean, to me, that sounds a little bit like one of the Coda books. It could have been. Anyway, we should like, move on. All My that multiversal so nonsense. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, there, so like, there's still stuff going on with Murph. Like there was, like we started like the last episode or two with him, and uh, more more on Murph later. Um, but you know, we've landed the ship again, right? It's, uh, Chase talked about that in the last five. Why are we landing ships so much? <laughs> Why? <laughs> because we can. And then we put the ship into hibernate mode. I didn't know starships had a hibernate mode. Hey, just press the snooze button. <laughs> Bro, I mean, it's like a few years after, you know, like this is a brand new ship, man. It's got like a hibernate function, bro. <laughs> okay. I mean, a lot has changed after coming back from the Delta Quadrant. You know what I'm saying? I guess. Cheep, cheep. So... Um, yeah, and then we're gonna like what bury the thing too? Bury the thing this, under an avalanche. Was, like, this was like the I just thought it was like the dumbest idea. Like like we know something horrible is going to happen. Like as the audience, we know something bad's gonna happen because you know, we're burying the ship. So of course something bad's gonna happen. And like how Eric, I, I need I need this from you. Okay, because you're you're the Voyager Smee on this show. I get that they just were like pew pew, and like snow and all that stuff like falls on it, and it was like like only like a couple hours maybe, but like it was such a big to do on Discovery, and that was like deadly ice that like ate you and stuff, but. Timeless. I know timeless didn't happen, but Eric, it's like timeless. Okay, but the ship crashed onto the ice, and then over what twenty years, the ice buried it. But we can just go. We can just like stand above it and have like this really cool like CG shot like of us being like opening a hatch and like walking back into the proto star. I don't know. I need well, to- I mean, I mean, Chakotay and Harry Kim in the timeline that didn't happen, they beamed in, didn't they? They did. I mean, so you can beam through. You could have beamed. I mean, you have to, you know, activate deactivate hibernate mode before you beam in, right? I guess, Eric. 
But then, like, you can just lift off out of it. I know it, in only a couple of hours, I the snow probably didn't pack down and freeze back over. So I imagine getting out probably isn't that big of an issue, like, because you haven't been there for a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My, 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 like, I was having, like, a flashback to, like, winters in, in the Midwest, and I'm like, ooh, I don't want to shovel that. <laughs> yeah, shoveling nope. snow is the worst. It really is. And, like, we were too cheap to have a snowblower. I bought a snowblower, finally, one of those auger-style, electric start auger-style ones, because I... You saw my driveway, right, Chase? Uh, the one, the one in, yeah. yeah, 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 and then the big front walkway, and then yeah. I lived on the corner, so they plowed all the snow right onto my corner. Right, and you have like a <laughs> steep drive, a, a steep driveway too. Yeah, yeah. So I, I eventually I needed one. Yeah. Yes, the piece of machinery that we all want in the Midwest, and uh, pray that it works every year after we've just left it in the garage. <laughs> hey, hey, you got to run that stuff through the the gas tank, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, I forget what it's called. Stable. But, you know, stable. Like, yeah. Oh, man. Good times. Here's your good time. tip for today. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyway, we're walking, and we, we – we, I don't know. At first, I thought this planet was like uninhabited or like the planet where Spock dropped uh, yes, Kirk in in, uh, <laughs> in <Yeah>. um, <laughs> Star Trek 2009. Yeah, with the big but, giant red praying mantis thing. Yeah, but no, there's a there's a spaceport where you'll never find a bigger collection of scum and villainy. Yeah, it's just just a few smugglers. It's fine. Just a few smugglers. We'll definitely and, find what we need here. 100%, 100%. Oh, and by the way, Billy Campbell's back. Uh, Okana. Yeah, otherwise known as the Rocketeer, baby. Oh, man, the Rocketeer. Let's go, somebody. The Rocketeer. <laughs> that was, it, was, it was a cool cameo, but it was, I felt like it was so random. Yeah, and but it's like... What a piece of junk. <laughs> this piece of junk will make War 4, baby. <laughs> we'll find something else. <laughs> That's what it sounded like to me. I know. What a piece of junk. I know. Piece of junk. Yeah. How fast did you make the castle run? <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. All right. Oh, by the way, so can we, uh, we i just want to like slightly divert for like a hot second this this is on topic by the way but you know the episode in uh, 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 uh season two of lower decks where they're trying to get into like that exclusive party yes okana is yeah. there he is there and yeah. he's djing baby with a boom box uh-huh. he does not look all haggard like that doesn't look old or have an eye missing mm-hmm I guess a lot can happen in like a year and a half or so. Well, it's Look, like four years, right? Well, still, same thing. Time. Yeah, and, and how far? Away, and how far are we in? Are we like where are we in the Alpha Quadrant? With like Beta Quadrant? Like where are we? We're in like not too far from the farthest Starfleet outpost ever. Yeah. Right? It, it, 
if so there's how, one thing how long that, would it take you to get there going from wherever that exclusive party was to the farthest place out there at warp four <laughs> like how long would that take if there's one thing that is kind of annoying me just slightly about this show is that they don't seem to pay much respect to time and space all that much you know distance of things because even in this app even in this episode like the routes we take the places we go it's like things aren't that close yeah but like the dauntless has a quantum slipstream so it can go really fast but you know what can go faster eric the protostar to hold on to your butt drive that's (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. More on that later, by the way. More on that later. Uh, okay, uh, so what happens now? What a piece of junk. Okay, so Luke Skywalker some and Obi Wan meet up some with Cindy. Han Solo. <laughs> and after they meet up with them, then they're being followed around by a weird cucumber nose dude. And uh, things are amok, right? <laughs> Am I talking about the same thing? <laughs> oh, Okana's got to go on the run. And then, hey, let's separate. Let's look for what we need. Because that's Can you give me a ride? 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 Federation, ride? Ro- Federation royalty here. Need a ride. <laughs> so, yeah, what y'all think about, like, that piece? Like, with... Pog being like a, I don't know, uh, like a diminutive, yeah, for like a short runty. <sighs> I guess I didn't realize he was a runt. I just thought he was a child and not fully developed. Mm. Well, he's got a soul patch, Eric. So, okay. this is supposed to be children. <laughs> I thought. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we um, the, the the whole name of this episode like really, like is on point just with the fact that we do end up like we have like of course the protostar crew, and we start running into the Dauntless crew with Admiral Janeway because they traced Barnus Frex to this place. They're trying to find him and talk to him about what the heck happened to that relay station, and unbeknownst to um, our protostar gang is they don't realize that Janeway's crew is hunting them more or less. So it's, it's a real like fun comedy of errors basically that's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the first thing that happens is Gwyn is trying to book transport with a Klingon. And for some reason, this Klingon backs down when he sees a Starfleet officer, like, Seems a little odd, right? Mm-hmm. But odd. he did. He's like, "Oh, Starfleet. Oh, sure. Never mind." And then, and then, my name's Gwyn. Gwyndala. Wait, what? Yeah. Your father's here. Uh, <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> Peace <laughs> out. I gotta go. Yeah. Kind of, kind of awkward. Kind of awkward. It's um, like, no, no, let us help you. Where's the Proto Star? Uh, I gotta 
I, I did like Dal's interaction with Janeway, though. Yeah. I, I love that he's walking by. It's like, Captain Janeway? Actually, I prefer Vice Admiral. <laughs> <laughs> Just reminded me of that scene in, in Stargate SG-1 where, like, they give him a briefing in front of some foreign dignitaries and Thor, like, <laughs> the real Thor, not the Chris Hemsworth Thor, but the mm-hmm. real Thor, right? Um, shows up and he's like talking to them and the Senator Kinsey, who Captain Jellico, same actor, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, goes like, Thor, and he goes, Supreme Commander Thor, that's how you will refer to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, speaking of uh, Ronnie Cox, I wonder when we're going to actually see him because he is supposed to be in this season. He is supposed to be here. Yeah, Admiral Jellico. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. Interesting. You gonna assume command of the Dauntless? Assume oh, command of the Protostar? Let's just not even go there. I mean, he's got. I mean, he's got to be a reason for him to show up, other than just to show up, right? Maybe he's being controlled by one of those conspiracy worm aliens. Okay, let's not go there. <laughs> hey, we can bring it but, back. So but man, it. man, Dal, he was like, "Have you?" Words are hard. Try stringing together words. Yeah. I find that helps. <laughs> Have you ever wanted to do something, but you were just afraid? You want to join Starfleet? Yeah, but no buts. Do or do not. There is no try. <laughs> that's, what it, that's what I got out of that. Nope. Do or do not. No try. It's like, what if it's like a big butt? And, and I didn't realize his like hair tail thing was like yeah, alive I and like that's never been a thing before. No, and, and I think that was just literally for convenience sake for identification because our our uh, outpost guy he, he oh he's got a creepy head thing. It's like I've n- I've never noticed that before. No, ever. never. It's never been a thing. No. Well, it, it's his paddle braid, so. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, <laughs> oh. So Reach out with your feelings. Anyway, so Janeway's crew's basically all together with this Barnes Frick guy and he describes them and then the 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 ensign comes running up, oh, I found her here and Janeway knows. She's got the look, the Janeway look of determination like I will end you. You know mm-hmm. the Janeway look. <laughs> yep. And I love they animated that like really well, I thought. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they did. I will end you. I wonder if they had to do mocap for that, honestly. I mean, it was really good. <sighs> okay, so we're the Empire's chasing us now. Yeah. We gotta blast our way out of Moss Eisley. That's right. <laughs> um, thankfully, we don't have the Mighty Morphin uh, Vespa Rangers um, <laughs> as a getaway. <laughs> you know, one thing I did like though about our about our you know speeder chase, um, the Zindi weaponry is clearly lasers. You know. And they actually kind of held the beams out a little bit. 
Because there hasn't been, you know, we're on the phasers and so forth and past phasers and whatnot. But you think about a little outpost out here with probably outdated tech and like it's just a little land speeder thing here. Yeah. I thought it was a kind of a neat, stupid little detail. Yeah. Yeah. The th- okay. I, the thing that I meant to mention earlier, but I didn't, I just thought it was kind of odd that we had um, um, that particular uh, form of Zindi out there on a snowy planet. Yeah. The reptilian reptilians. Yeah, like why why do we have the reptilians instead of like I don't know the arboreals for instance? Which one is most recognizable to you when you think about Zindi though? Honestly, the the arboreals. Really? But yeah, like but yeah, like the the, 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 the reptilians. You don't know what you're talking about. Or the insectoids. Like, yeah, like I don't even know if I'd know what an arboreal look. I mean, I would when I saw it, but I couldn't describe an arboreal to you. I think I remember the reptilians a little bit more. It doesn't make a lot of sense to have them here, but at the same token. They're just scary-looking security dudes. That's all they are. Yeah. I mean, they could have done a little bit of justice to the insectoids because (laughs) the Enterprise, oh, that CGI, boy, it's a little dated. Yeah, Yeah, it was banging uh, for the time. It was for the time. (laughs) Well, if you go back and you watch Tron, the original Tron, man. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's... I'm sure in 1984 it was like, damn. But now you're like, yeah. Oh, look, he's actually in a video game. No. (laughs) Oh, okay. Anyway, we're we're running. We're running. We get in our little speeder, our ground speeder. We're running. We're running. And dang, it's the same thing that Okana hit hit in. Yep. Yep. (sighs) Okay. Well, I already like said it earlier but you know we we do this and he's got like some special like um extra go juice for for our little land speeder which just like solo just Mm -hmm. a little bit of coaxium and um anyways we they eat our dust and we're back at like a pile of snow um i thought you had a ship hold on just one one second i'm just tinking around here and uh you know we we come out of hibernation mode and we crack open a little entrance and we're back on the protostar <laughs> and hologram james like tell me all about your adventures how long has it been are you like she's super excited you haven't aged a day <laughs> <laughs> oh and so we we just are able to you know bust out the the snow plow right the snow blower um, and just like come right out the snow and yeah, but like before that, like we got Janeway and her her team. They're looking. Where'd they go? They just disappeared. And then and they then, see the protostar. Yeah, yeah. Changed. It was a cool shot. Yeah, yeah. but it definitely was the Millennium Falcon blasting its way out of Mos Eisley. <laughs> like it's the same shot. <laughs> Blast it. And then we're being chased. Immediately after we blast out of Moss Eisley, cut to chase in space where you have a tiny little ship and a gigantic ship right behind it. It's the same shot. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I didn't realize how tiny the Protostar was, or maybe the Dauntless is just massive. Was it? Okay, so 
this shot, like with um, the Dauntless chasing the Protostar, um, was when they were like in that little warp field of sorts, like chasing each other. Um, did anyone think that like something about the animation was off with the Dauntless? Like I don't know. Like I'm I'm I'm, tr I'm not trying to be like overly critical, but like t like just looking at the Dauntless when it was in like traveling at warp, it it just looked like um how do I describe it? Uh, I'm, I'm over describing it, but it, it was like like you're like holding a ship on a string, and like you're just kind of like pushing it, like you're you're pre like pretend like playing pretend right like you're making a ship fly like with your imagination um it just something about the animation just looked really cheap to me in that when they were traveling at warp i don't know that i noticed all that much well who was it david was it you that said that you thought that the animation with with like the janeway side of it was not up to par as the animation the with the rest of it there were a couple times, yeah, in past episodes where I thought it looked a little off. I guess I didn't really notice anything this time, but yeah, it just it looked like, you know, like with the, um, like what would it be like? I guess like the mushroom portion of like, um, what the bow of the ship, and then like the stern, like with um, like the nacelles, like it just looked like it was just kind of like wobbly and like just kind of like angled wrong in terms of like how the rendering took place. And that's the closest approximation I, I can come up with in trying to describe it. So. But, yeah. So, can we talk about the Murph of it all? <laughs> no, let's not. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <clears throat> Go ahead. So our our boy Murph's been been a little sick, or or we think he's been sick, right? And um, yeah, there's something going down with our, our boy. Um, he's he's a real boy. I mean, he's he's evolving. <laughs> he just turned into flubber. Uh huh. He's just a little flubber guy. So this melanoid slime worm is now a melanoid slime boy, apparently. And um, he looks like he's a cross between, like, a jelly baby and... Um, kind of looks like a Teletubby. And a Teletubby. He's yeah. a Sour Patch like Kid. Yep. He's just a Sour Patch Kid. You know, sometimes he's sweet and sometimes he's sour. And, you know, he's, he's got legs now and he's, like, so happy to see everyone now that he's evolved. And first thing he's going to do is go pop a squat on the weapons console. And fire on the Dauntless and make things real complicated for everyone. Yeah. 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 Well, here's the thing. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Like, it's always been my understanding that you cannot fire torpedoes at warp. Like, that's always been my. You can fire phasers, but not torpedoes. Because mm -hmm. a phaser is just a beam of light, right? So it can it can travel, right? But a torpedo has some kind of mass, right? You can't, you can't, doesn't travel that fast. Yeah. 
Yeah, I I, th I think that uh, that'd, that'd be a, that'd be a complicated space travel type of type of question there. I mean, the whole the whole and oh god, I probably shouldn't even be talking about this, but I think the whole con uh, concept of warp isn't just going fast though. Yeah, you're bending space around. Yeah. yeah. So, which is the very idea that I think Scotty even came up with at one point, like with transwarp beaming, if I'm not mistaken, where it was like rethinking the way in which we, we transport, where it's not the ship that's moving, the ship is stationary, but everything is moving around it yeah. to make the beaming possible. Mm -hmm. So unless we're able to do something with with some kind of torpedo, pick your, your preference of torpedo, unless we're able to like rethink the way that we launch them out of our our weapons bay i don't think it's possible yeah that was i've just i'm trying to think of a time when we've ever fired torpedoes at warp and i think the example that i tried to bring up was from the motion picture but that was phasers in the motion mm -hmm. picture yeah and like yeah. that and the only reason that was an issue is like how it was um integrated with stuff so, yeah, something, I mean, the only reason it happened is because the plot demands it. Yeah. Yes. And so now we, we, we cannot communicate with no. Janeway because even, like, opening up hailing frequencies would, the living construct would attack the Federation ship. So we can't talk to them, and now we just accidentally fired a torpedo at them. So Janeway is, she's on the warpath. Mm, yeah, she's like, I will, I will end you. I would be curious. I though. must break you. <laughs> I would be curious for somebody who's like way more nerdy than I am to explain the idea of like this subspace communication and how data or how like a virus would be able to tr travel between that it's sci-fi yeah yeah i'm just wondering like i just want to go there for a second like let's go back to like the season 1b premiere um so they were docked at the relay station, albeit it was with a holographic bridge, but they were docked there. So, guys, is it possible they have it wrong? That they think that there's a link, like there, like that you need like a, a, a Wi-Fi link basically to be able to do damage when in, rea in reality you need to be physically docked? To do uh, I, I think I think the idea is that any communication would would start this for this show. Now, in reality, when when like you were talking about the the whole trouble started when he went to download the logs, right? So he's actually taking data packets from the Protostar and bringing them in to the station as a backup. So that I can understand because you're transmitting data, like you're actually making uh like uh you're putting a usb cable between two things you know so i get that but 
the communication thing i i just i i, I wish i wish hey uh are, are any of you uh, quantum engineers out there would you like to explain how this works on a podcast <laughs> well you know it is possible that they are wrong like let's be honest here these are these are children they're learning they might be prodigies but they're learning and they certainly make a lot of mistakes like they made mistakes in this episode so like are they wrong maybe they are but I think David is right. I think that we're supposed to accept that as true, that any type of contact, no matter whether it's physical, opening up, hailing, whatever. Well, that could also kind of be sort of a, a link between how, you know, kids and adults communicate or lack thereof communication as well, kind of playing a little bit on, on that. Because, I, I mean, if you ever think to back to when you were really young and and trying to talk to your parents and sometimes it's like you're you're speaking a foreign language to each other you're just not on the same same sort of frequency well in this particular scenario you in quotations can't you can't speak there is no communication and even when they do meet in the flesh they have trouble even coming to any sort of accord despite the fact that Janeway does point out that they're children which kind of makes some of her subsequent motivation a little shaky for me so, man, <laughs> yeah, blast those children out of the sky. Come on, Jane. No, Lane. she's not blast. No, she's no, just no, hitting no. their third nacelle. You're, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna no, take you're right. out their third nacelle. <laughs> just the third one. Something, you know, the thing that I'm I'm starting to wonder now too, and I've, I've I mentioned this a couple weeks ago, but like we got like a great 3D printer on on board, like. What if we 3D printed a Delta flyer and did something with that? Like, would that also carry snippets of this living construct? I'm not going to lie. When you started talking about the 3D printer, my brain went to, hey, they could just print a giant billboard out in space that says, we're not trying to hurt you. We're just children. Uh, <laughs> there is a bomb on board. There's a weapon on board. And just, bomb just on like, board. Stay just away. Like, just like road sign, progressive road signs. They have to slow down and and read. Like if if you're if you're driving down towards Cincinnati, you see all the hell is real signs and all that sort of stuff. So hey, maybe maybe they could just three uh, D print some billboards. Just put it on top of the protostar like they're like a freaking Uber for a taxi or something. The delivery drive. We should the thing on the top. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, Murph is a is a sour patch kid now. Cool. Um, we have torpedoes being launched um, at warp. Cool. We're, we're trying to go fast. And we're not able but to. We we can't because Janeway hits our third nacelle with a torpedo yep. and that drops us out of warp. I'm yep. okay with that. And uh, we recover really quickly and the way that we're going to stop Janeway from doing anything is we're going to go this line in in space. Neutral zone. Yeah, and this brings up what David was talking about earlier. Yep. We were literally at the farthest Starfleet outpost ever yeah and now we're like we were in warp for what five minutes and we're at the romulan neutral zone now granted 
that it stretches along the there's you know we don't have to be at the the closest point of the neutral zone to earth right but if we're at like the farthest outpost ever we can't in warp even if we're going warp 9.97 like jankum said even if the dauntless is in its quantum slipstream it's gonna take more than five minutes to get to the romulan neutral zone Mm -hmm. here's another nerd question that kind of made me think about so dauntless has the quantum slipstream right but if they were engaging that that doesn't necessarily mean that the protostar would also be involved in that same slipstream right and the protostar doesn't have a slipstream slipstream drive that we know of right no it has the proto drive which is but like i mean i mean a billion if it's, times faster apparently if it's traveling though at like warp 9.97 for an extended period of time i remember like when you when like voyager pushed warp 9.9 and the ship was about to fly apart right now i know we're more advanced we're past the voice but like maybe it has some some <clears throat> some new type of warp drive that's able that's similar to a quantum slipstream maybe maybe starfleet has redesigned warp possibly who knows but you know okana's like let's go into the neutral zone it's neutral it's right in the name And the Tyler J. Well, we can't do that. No, we're going. We're going. See ya. See ya. We go into the neutral zone. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we go in, or we we proceed in, and uh, you know, Tysus is like, "Don't do it. You told me to listen to my emotion." Well, honestly, honestly, like. That 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 earns part of like the command delta too for him like being willing to stand up to Admiral Janeway and say, "Listen, I'm not doing this. Like you are not thinking clearly right now. As my job as the first officer to tell you that right now and to stop you from making a potentially bad decision." So I actually think that that's a really strong moment. Yes. But hey, all you have to do is, what was it? Remodulate your shield frequencies or whatever the hell we do, and it's it's fine. They they totally can't they can't find us. What? What are you talking about? <laughs> they can't find you. There are three. There are three ships. <laughs> they couldn't find you. Come on. Yeah, but then when those three D Derridex class warbirds decloak, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. It certainly looks like they've gone through the neutral zone and over to the other side because they're like right face to face. They're not like, hey, I'm on one side of the neutral zone, you're on the other. And they're, they look like they're face to face. And we know Janeway hasn't crossed into the neutral zone yet in the Dauntless. So it certainly looks like those guys have crossed over. So yep. they've committed the act of war here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And scene. But like, hold on, hold on, hold on. What year did the Romulan star go supernova? Twenty three eighty five. So this same, this very year, we're in twenty three eighty five. Yep. Wow. So shouldn't most of the Romulan fleet be yep. engaged in like 
relocation efforts? Yes, they should. Right, because 14 years. It's been 14, 2399, 14 years. be 2385. Wow. Wow. Okay. They should. They should be. Yep. And um, what was it? Last, <clears throat> last best hope. You really get to unpack, like, like how quickly like the fleet was to be made and like scrambling resources and using ships to ferry Romulans from, you know, various Romulan planets to other like refugee planet basically, <laughs> planets basically. Um, so yeah, this is like going on, which is why I, like whenever I saw this and like I knew, I was paying attention to like the year that we've been in, knowing we haven't been doing any crazy time travel stuff. Um, yeah, why is this going on type of thing? Which brings me back to what I was like having my tinfoil hat moment on about like uh, what we talked about last time, Eric, like with the whole like parallel reality or multiverse whatever thing. Are we in a multiverse? Do we have to be? It's it, it's the uniforms, man. It is it's the uniforms. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's the uniforms among other things. I mean, there's just too much multiverse stuff going on right now. Yeah. I don't need more multiverse. I know Star Trek is already engaged in the multiverse and Discovery Season 3 even canonized that by talking about the Romulan mining incident and the crossover. Right? I just don't need it. I don't need any more of that. No. Yeah. No, I'm not, not into it either. <clears throat> not feeling it. I mean, I hope not. But, you know, I mean, this episode was over. That's it. This episode, I don't know about you, this episode felt like it was 10 minutes. Yep, for sure. It went quick. Yeah. Well, with that, let's let's just move right into our, our eval stuff. So, um, start with the Delta. So, y'all know the drill, and people listening, it's where we'd look at the different divisions of Starfleet Service and how well um, stuff was, re- was represented on screen, whether it was command, operations, or science. So, uh, what's Eric? You've been pretty vocal about the deltas already. So let's go ahead and just get it over with, bud. Well, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm giving a command delta to this episode. I think, I think the decision to park the protostar and and like basically hitchhike to the Federation is a great idea. Like, hey, you know, don't show up with the quote unquote stolen ship and send the wrong send the wrong message. Like. Hey, we're coming in goodwill. We, we, we will show you where this is, but you have to understand there's something going in it. They could take time to build trust. I think that's a great idea. <clears throat> I think the the first officer, commander, whatever his name I, is, Tysus, you know, standing up to Janeway and, and telling her in that moment, like you're not thinking clearly. That's that's good leadership. <clears throat> so those two things make me want to give it a command delta. But then I have to understand that these are children and they make poor decisions, right? So, like, I understand that when Dal sees this this Frex guy, oh, oh, I'm going to freak out because, 
you know, he thinks that we attacked him and I'm going to run away rather than try to like, ex- maybe, maybe Janeway will have an open mind and maybe you can explain what happened. Maybe she won't, but maybe that's the better idea than running away. Right. Maybe when Gwyn is confronted, Hey, your father's here. Where's the, maybe she's like, Whoa, listen, my father's a bad dude. And we've probably got video evidence, <laughs> right? That we can prove right. he's a bad dude, right? If there are like recorders on the bridge of the Protostar, we could probably play you a message somehow. We could figure out, project it on the ice wall, right? So you don't have to interact with it. And we can show you that he's a bad dude. Mm-hmm. So like these are these are decisions that I think they could have made that that like were better like command and leadership, but they're children. But but even with that said, I think I'm gonna give this a command delta. Ah, are we doing any science or engineering here? I mean, we've got the we've got the go fast like juice that we plug into the little the little ice speeder thing that could be considered like like some kind of science, but not really. So I'm I'm gonna pass on science and engineering this week. I'm gonna punt. <laughs> In your dang football terms in the football all right dave what are you thinking bud so i i mean i, I agree with with the the command uh, on the whole i mean they had a plan in place that makes sense um you know trying to do the right thing while also you know keeping everybody as safe as possible but it, it is also accurate to say that they're children and walking into Moss Eisley Space Station is, is perhaps, you know, it, it, maybe not the best idea just to go wandering around asking everybody for, hey, you got a ship? You, uh, can I ride? Yeah, you got, got any, uh, you know, space in your ship to maybe hitchhike a little bit? So it's, it's a command delta with some caveats there. Um, but yeah, I mean, Janeway's first officer standing up to her is good. You know, the, the fact is, is that, I mean, we, we, we've seen it a lot. Sometimes it's not really a dictatorship. It's not a democracy, but it's not a total dictatorship either. You know, you're not supposed to just follow blindly. You know, we're reason, we're, we're science, we're, we're, we're thinkers. They went to school for this. Um, but yeah, I mean science I, I don't really see much on that uh, that sort of part but I would say like engineering engineering was kind of fly by the seat of the seat of their pants I'm not really comfortable with giving a delta but like you know we do have like go juice hey this will make it go faster and you know jump the canyon <laughs> that sort of thing um, was it beggars canyon yeah I <laughs> Uh, so w- w- with some of that, I, I, I'm, I'm okay, but I can't give it an engineering Delta for the, the big reason that we're firing torpedoes at warp and we haven't really answered that. And that seems more like convenience sake. And how many questions did we ask of how, how to get beyond maybe, you know, or, or communicate with Starfleet in some other way? So I don't think we've thought through all of our possibilities. 
So cool with command, nah, nothing really science. I'm nixing the the engineering just because of sort of some of the other questions the episode drums up. Sure. Yeah, I'm like hearing you both like talk about like the the science, the engineering piece. Like I've been trying to think of something. Like I've been trying to like scrape the bottom of the barrel on something and I got nothing. I got I got nothing. I mean, I mean, we're, are, are we dealing with like self-sealing stem bolts at all on this planet? I mean, I'm not too sure. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's something about science. Maybe there's like some kind of like analgesic cream or a hypospray that we're giving the Zindi reptilians to allow them to survive in like a snowy planet. I don't know. Um, but mm, I mean I think like we're we're pretty much in agreement about like the the command but like I, I'm just struggling with with the other two so um, with that uh, let's go ahead and move into um, our numerical rating so on a scale of 1 to 10 1 being a dumpster fire and 10 being absolutely amazing um, how do we rate this? So let's go. Um, we'll start with Eric, and then I'll go, and then David. You can tell us about your rating for last week and this week. Yeah, this this is a, this is a difficult episode to rate. I like. First of all, it's it's not a complete episode. I don't even think we mentioned that, but like it just ends. It just ends. Like there's no actual ending. And I get you could say, well, it's a cliffhanger and it's a serialized story, and we can. We can end things that way, and, and maybe you can, but it just it didn't feel complete as an episode to me. I was like, wait, that was it? It's over? If it was like twenty one minutes or something like that. It was it was it was fast. Um but I loved seeing like a lot more of real Janeway because you know, we've just been getting these snippets of her and you know, I love me some Janeway on the warpath. You know, I, I really appreciate Janeway on the warpath, uh, and that's what she is here. Um, but it was it was too Star Warsy for me. It, it, it's not Star Trekky enough for me. Um, it's a good episode. It 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 was entertaining. It, I, it's not gonna. It, it feels like just a bridge episode or a gap episode before we get to some of the real story. Um, Looking back, you know, at what I've rated it, you know, and what I've done from some of the other ratings, uh, you know, I feel happy with like a 7.4. Wow. Okay. Okay. So, Eric, you said 7.4. Mm hmm. Okay. Um,. So I know last week um, I gave um, All the Worlds a Stage um, just a solid eight. Um, and I I mean, I know, Eric, you were pretty much gushing about that episode. Now I just thought it was kind of like, okay. And I think to me, like, I felt like this episode was maybe uh, about the same. Like it was like maybe around like the same-ish ballpark. Um it was a very fast episode and um, like arriving 
like I was thinking like okay we're on the the Star Trek 2009 ice planet again um, and then like more and more of like Moss Eisley New Hope type stuff was like popping up more and more um, I don't know I mean I felt a little bit more engaged with this episode than I did last week's episode um, but um, but like we've said like this is kind of a like the the moral star part one right like it's like we just took like the the razor tool and just like cut like just an abrupt cut um, and that was it um, I I enjoyed seeing like some interaction um, with the Dauntless crew and the Protostar crew. I like that. Um, and like literally having like that crossroad, like lit- like starting to like actually have some payoff with like really meeting uh, more Starfleet personnel, especially um, Admiral Janeway, um, Tysis, Estencia, right? Like them. Um, I thought that was like a, a strength for the most part, like that the crews were finally like meeting and coming together, even if it wasn't the way that they, uh, the pro star crew initially, um, initially wanted it to be. Um, there, there are some, um, I think there is some overlooking like with, um, like the science that like star Trek has put out there. Like we pointed out with firing, firing a torpedo at warp, uh, among other things um, so I think I might have to reevaluate this episode once we get um, part two that comes out which I'm assuming will be next time um, so that might change things especially when we go into like our retrospective land um, but I think for me I'm feeling pretty comfortable uh, with giving uh, this episode, um, I'm just going to go with, um, another eight, just, uh, two weeks in a row on an eight. So David, you're up, bud. Okay. Um, no pressure pressure at all. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm, I'm glad there's, there's zero pressure on me to give this episode a giant 10. All right. And it is. It's, it's definitely not. Get out of here. That's that's a terrible thing to do. There's only <laughs> one episode that's done that. Um, I guess I guess let's back up and uh, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about last week's episode, which I I really enjoyed a lot. Um, it was it was campy, you know, in, in its own little way it had a it just had a certain certain charm to it that i that i appreciated and you know the the sheer fact that you have kind of another mimic species where they're just sort of you know mimicking what they've what they've been uh given so to speak and um you know talking talking like james t and you know everybody who whose namesake they've gotten their their sort of uh accents down and whatnot i i just, I just thought it was it was it was a very fun episode like i had a lot of fun in that particular episode probably more fun than i've had in in, in a little t- little tiny while um so 
at least so far for this sort of whatever you want to call it 1B season, it's probably been my favorite episode. I, I'm going to go um, just a little bit. I was actually pretty surprised uh, to see the, the scores. I'm going to go just a, a wee bit higher than both of you, just a, a, a 8.8. Is where I, where I've landed there. I actually I thought it was I thought it was good, and it's in its own little contained bubble. Um, as far as this episode goes, it is very much a, kind of a cliffhangery type of um, usher into what happen what happens next on Star Trek Discovery. Um, but I, I did think it was pretty Star Wars. And, and, and I, I get a lot of Star Wars. I, I, I get a lot of that already. Uh, one of the things that I appreciate about Star Trek is that it's Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it was it was kind of adventure, you know, adventurous. And the, the only thing that I thought was a, a little, I didn't, I didn't really even speak about it when we were talking about it, but I thought it was a little, um, little off. And, and maybe, maybe it was something else, but I, I swore at one point uh, during our chase uh, we were throwing boxes at, at the at the Zindi uh, craft and I, I thought one of them exploded it's like oh my god they're killing people now uh, <laughs> like what's this so um, the the, o- the Okana uh, cameo was was fine um, I did really like our sort of interaction between Dal and, and Janeway it's you know it's very kid to a to a an olympian like adult um and and i and i like that but you know it is it is kind of a a bumbling mess in its own way too you know you're, you're just everything getting everything wrong um but the biggest thing that kind of detracts here is it's it, it it's going a little fast and loose with with the 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 sort of the science of the universe here and in, mm-hmm. in the space and the time and it, it, it's it's almost like we're becoming way too convenient um whereas in the the beginning part of our season i, I really thought we were we were kind of trying to track with science and 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 you know just maybe be really maybe a little too realistic at some points, but just explaining ourselves. And even last week we got some explanations that I thought were really nice. Um, but it's, it feels like a transitional episode. So I kind of have to give it a transitional score. You know, it, it is a crossroad. Um, so for, for this, I was, I think I, I the score I had in mind is what I'm going to stick with. So I'm going to go uh, seven point five. Okay. All right. All right. So for everyone in listener land, uh, we have seven four, seven five, and an eight, which gives us um, an average rating for this episode of a seven point six. Seven point six. So y'all know I'm going to ask the question. You know I'm going to ask the question, but mm-hmm. what what are things looking like over in um, the online rating world? Yeah, here's the thing about um, IMDb is like when you look at IMDb, 
we you know we record these these the same day the episode comes out so there's there's very few like ratings but it's like the people that go and rate it the first day i feel like are always the people that really like it and so i, I feel like i said this like every time this you know season 1b or whatever it's like this is the highest rated episode of the show so far like of the entire run since it started and that that was true last week that was true the week before that i think it was true the week before that and crossroads has an 8.5 rating on imdb right now which is the highest rated episode of the entire series like and and that'll come down like like i think when let sleeping borg lie had like an 8.4 or an 8.8.6 i think because it was a borg episode but it's come down to 7.8 so you know right now we've got 8.5 the the best episode of prodigy according to imdb that is obviously not true because uh time amok let's go 10 somebody gave that a 10 who is that weirdo gave it a perfect score it's a good episode yeah true story well um there we have it i mean the scores guys like i'm a little concerned about like these scores like compared to like the first half of this season you know like we had some really really strong scores um with with the first part of the season and well, you remember, it was the back half of the first season. Like, maybe when we get to the back half here. That's that's coming up. You know, we have, like, that's two weeks from now. Hey, you know? well, at least we haven't had any duds. I, I don't feel like we've had any duds. Like, Let Sleeping that, Board like Lie that, has been the closest one so far. Yeah, but, like, you know, there was, like, I feel like a month ago, there was, Stop. like, a real dud of an episode. <laughs> this is the episode which we do not name, we do not refer to. Okay. I mean, I guess it was a little over a month ago. It was like, what are you talking about? What did I just watch? Chase mm. <laughs> like, mm. shut your mouth. Shut your mouth. Dude, don't make me open the nearest airlock on you, bro. <laughs> Goodness. Oh, man. My wife watched that and she's like, what? was that <sighs> anyway. okay. well fellas there is no no twitter poll uh this this go around so sorry bud sorry eric um i know you'll you'll carry on you'll be fine you'll be fine but Hey, we are we're at the end of this, and uh, you know, before we go, like especially if you're in the United States, um, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Um, hope you um, have a safe and um, happy time uh, with those that you choose to spend the holiday with, uh, whether that's uh, friends, family, loved ones, whatever it might be. Um, hope you all have a very happy uh, Thanksgiving, and uh, that goes for for you, gents, as well. So, um, with that, let's let's get the heck out of here. Um, so. All y'all listening, what'd you think? Did you enjoy the episode? We'd love to to hear. You know, like, did you rate it higher? Did you rate it lower? What What's the deal? Uh, what was your favorite moment? Did you think this was too on the nose with a new hope or anything Star Warsian? 
um, you can tweet um, um, David that. I mean, he'd be happy to discuss on his podcast, which actually is about Star Wars, by the way. Not this one. Awkward. Anyway. Um, anyways, we'd love to hear from you. Um, so check us out, trtvpod.com. You can also um, open up hailing frequencies and entering coordinates to trtvpod at gmail.com. Send us a note that way. Give us an idea of like you know what you're thinking and also maybe ideas for a future show. Um, other than that, if you want to send us a voice-only transmission, you can do that, 817-752-4757. There's a three-minute limit, so I'll be quick about it. Otherwise, I might have to do some go juice to get the heck away from you. Um, other than that, if you want to, uh, you know, mail us something like some self-sealing self-sealing stem bolts you can do that make sure you get to the one star station p.o box 2455 azel texas 76098 everyone thank you so very much for tuning in and as always you always remember to bold to go and make it so